12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence starts. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, it looks good, Wally. Building shaking. We're getting that buffeting we've become used to. What a moment. Man on the way to the moon. Welcome to the Immortal Souls podcast, where we explore the history, stories, myths, legends, and hype that makes shoes what they are today. We are Jared and Nick, two brothers with a passion for shoes. We are excited to have you along for the journey. On July 20th, 1969, exactly 50 years and four months ago, One of the greatest accomplishments in human history was witnessed around the world when NASA's Apollo 11 astronaut crew successfully landed its Eagle lunar lander on the surface of the moon. As the dust settled, the astronauts peered out the double-paned, triangular windows of their landing craft and witnessed a desolate, alien landscape of a vast gray plain littered with rocks and the occasional craggy knolls and rolling hills. This pale, lifeless wasteland contrasted sharply with the inky black expanse of space as there is no air, clouds, or atmosphere to speak of on the moon. Astronaut Neil Armstrong was the first out the hatch. Clad in a bulky white spacesuit, he carefully descended the rungs of the ladder. As he reached the bottom step, he gingerly placed his space boot on the exotic dirt and tested the ground with his foot for a moment, gently stomping and patting the soil. After a minute, he determined the surface was safe to stand on, and he then placed both feet on the ground. As his feet touched the powdery gray lunar soil, he uttered one of the most memorable and immortalized statements in modern human history. We had done it. Mankind had finally stepped foot in space on an extraterrestrial world. After this miraculous feat, a whole universe of possibilities was opened to our collective imagination, and the limits on our dreams and ambitions of space exploration were forever lifted. As a tribute to these brave astronauts, and in the spirit of adventure in exploring roads less traveled, or in this case, roads as of yet never traveled, let's hop aboard our own spaceship. We'll call it the USS Robert Frost, and take a trip around our solar system. We'll speculate together what it would be like to walk around on the surface of other planets and moons. Now as we have not traveled to nor developed the technology to personally visit these far-off places yet, we are obviously dealing in hypotheticals here. 
So let's cut ourselves some slack and suspend our disbelief just a little bit so we can have some fun with this discussion. Just to get to a few preliminary things and get them out of the way, aside from the Earth, without a spacesuit, we would survive less than one second on nearly every other planet or planetary object in the solar system. Except for Mercury and Mars, where, if you are in a Goldilocks temperature zone, or in other words, not too hot or too cold, right between the extreme hot and cold areas, you'd still only make it maybe less than two minutes, if you're lucky. And what if you were floating out in space without a spacesuit? Forget about it. Not only does outer space get as cold as around 2.7 kelvins, which is roughly minus 450 degrees Fahrenheit, the vacuum of space would suck all the air out of your body. You'd pass out in around 15 seconds and pass away by around the 90-second mark. We won't get into the crazy things that would happen to your body while this is happening, such as your body ballooning to twice its size, your lungs rupturing, your tongues and eyes boiling, and your body eventually freezing solid. Space is extremely unfriendly to our terrestrial bodies, and before we can hope to explore other planets in person, we will need to develop some pretty gnarly high-tech spacesuits to withstand the extreme environments thrown at us. Okay, with that out of the way, let's bust out our Napoleon Dynamite moon boots and hike the 238,900-mile space trail to our closest neighbor, the moon, where our spaceship awaits. So, what exactly is the surface of the moon like? Well, this is the one place in our solar system we've actually stepped foot on, so we've got a good idea of what the moon's surface is like. Back over to you, Neil. The surface appears to be very, very fine-grained as you get close to it. It's almost like a powder. I can kick it up loosely with my toe. It does adhere in fine layers, uh, like uh, powdered charcoal, to the, uh, the sole and inside of my boot. Okay, cool. So, it's safe to say we'll need to bring a good shoe cleaner as our shoes will get pretty dusty from the super fine charcoal dust-like powder of the moon's soil. Now on the moon, it can get to over 200 degrees hot during the day and minus 280 degrees cold at night. So it's going to be super toasty or freezing cold. We're going to need a serious parka if we want to take a night stroll. Wonder why the astronauts did a funny little bunny hop instead of walking normally? It's because if they tried to take normal steps, they would bounce up into the air, lose their balance, and fall over. This is due to the moon's low gravity force. With the moon having only one-sixth the gravity of Earth, 17% to be exact, we can jump or bounce six times higher, throw a ball six times further, etc., etc. You get the drift. Breaking this down, if you jump one and a half feet in the air for one second on Earth, this same jump on the moon would take you 10 feet into the air, and the jump would last around four seconds. Think of the epic games of leapfrog you could play, or how much you could totally dominate the three irons at the moon's local Top Golf facility. So, to sum up the moon, super dry, super barren and dusty, and some cool craters to explore and hills to hike. 
No atmosphere, so you'd have some out-of-this-world stargazing parties. Not to mention the fun possibilities with the low gravity. Just imagine all the fun to be had dunking a basketball on the court or, heaven forbid, jumping on a trampoline. Next up is a quick 48 million mile hop, skip, and a jump over to Mercury. NASA's Mariner 10 spacecraft made the trip in 147 days, going tens of thousands of miles per hour. But hey, it's only a four and a half minute trip from Earth if we can travel there at the speed of light with our warp speed enabled spaceship. Mercury is only slightly larger than the moon, with a circumference of around 9,525 miles at the equator. Being the closest planet to the sun, and having nearly zero atmosphere, Mercury is obviously hot. Very, very hot. And at night, very, very cold. During the day, Mercury can reach up to 800 degrees Fahrenheit. This is literally hot enough to melt lead. And walking around in this heat would be like walking around inside a stone-fired pizza oven, if not a little hotter. Interestingly enough, due to its lack of atmosphere, Mercury is not the hottest destination on our tour. But we'll get to that later. At night, Mercury gets down to a frigid minus 290 degrees. Time to bust out your warmest Canada goose parka, eh? and maybe grab a warm plate of poutine and a hot drink from Tim Hortons to warm you up on your night stroll. Speaking of strolling around, the surface of Mercury very much resembles the moon. It's got vast, smooth, barren plains with some regions speckled with countless craters and escarpments. Some of these craters are huge, boasting slopes a mile and a half high and hundreds of miles in length, and with almost a non-existent ultra-thin atmosphere known as an exosphere, You've got the ever-present black celestial sky as the backdrop to the landscape. So, like the moon, you've got near-perfect visibility and would have some incredible nighttime walks and stargazing. Aside from the temperature swings, lack of atmosphere or oxygen, and seven times the solar radiation exposure of Earth, Mercury is an outdoor enthusiast's dream. From flat day hikes to more challenging rim hikes to perhaps some climbing and repelling of crater walls, And surprisingly, even some ice skating, as there is strong evidence of water ice found in permanently shadowed craters at the planet's north and south poles. Also, be sure to check out Mercury's Great Valley, which, at about 620 miles long, 250 miles wide, and 2 miles deep, it's larger than Arizona's Grand Canyon, and deeper than the Great Rift Valley in East Africa. Mercury's surface gravity is about 38% of Earth's, so you'd also have some fun dunking a basketball and pretending to be Michael Jordan, similar to the moon. Suffice it to say, plenty of adventures to be had on this incredible little planet. Heading to Venus from Mercury, our trip will span about 31,250,000 miles. Venus is considered Earth's sister planet, as it is similar in size and composition. But, as we will shortly see, evil twin might be closer to the mark. 
What we know about Venus's surface and landscape is due, in part, to eight unmanned Soviet spacecrafts that landed on the planet and took various measurements and photographs before being melted and crushed by the immense temperature and atmospheric pressure of the planet. The longest time a craft lasted was 110 minutes by the Soviet Venera 12 craft before it succumbed to the heat and pressure of the planet. Venus holds the title of the solar system's hottest planet. The thick layer of carbon dioxide and nitrogen clouds surrounding the planet acts like a cozy little blanket for the planet. It has caused a runaway greenhouse effect on Venus, trapping gas and heat and making temperatures soar to over 800 degrees Fahrenheit. Like Mercury, hot enough to melt lead. Once we push through the thick, toxic layer of clouds, we are met with a truly hellish landscape. Venus is a dry desertscape with an abundance of volcanic bedrock and some areas of thin, patchy soil. Nearly 80% of the planet consists of smooth volcanic plains with rocks, ridges, and mountains. And, of course, volcanoes. Big, small, and every size in between that number from the hundreds to possibly millions. The planet also has two highland continents, for lack of a better term, with mountains and valleys. Fractures and faults, ridges and trenches, spiderweb throughout the planet... And aside from earthquakes and frequent volcanic activity, the planet is bathed in showers of sulfuric acid raining down from the atmosphere. So be sure to grab your umbrella and a gas mask. You may also encounter crazy lightning and thunderstorms as well as 180 mile per hour winds on occasion. So pack your wind parka as well. For the intrepid mountain climbers, Venus's highest peak is Maxwell Montes, which soars seven miles above the average surface elevation of the planet. Hold on a minute, though. Before grabbing your hiking boots and ice pick, just keep in mind that the atmosphere on Venus is so thick that walking around would feel like walking in and through a thick, viscous syrup. After all, the surface pressure of Venus is similar to the pressure of being 3,000 feet down in the Earth's oceans, to put this in perspective, the Guinness record for the deepest dive by a human is 1,082 feet. At 3,000 feet, our lungs, as well as the rest of our bodies, would be crushed like a tin can. So, you might want to rethink your plans to hike or climb the planet, and you might want to settle on a scenic drive instead, in your submarine car with heat deflectors built to withstand the crazy pressure and heat. It's not even much fun jumping on the planet as the gravity is very similar to Earth. Man, talk about a planetary party pooper. Every party has a pooper that to be invited you. Party pooper, party pooper. Approximately 74 and a half million miles from Venus, we now find ourselves on Mars, or the Red Planet, famous for its reddish tint from the thick layer of red oxidized iron dust found on the planet. With a circumference of about 13,300 miles at the equator, Mars is around half the size of Earth, and the second smallest planet in the solar system after Mercury. Do you like the red rocks and canyonlands of southern Utah? How about mountain biking? Hiking, canyon exploring, mountain climbing, walkabouts? If so, 
Mars just might be the planet for you. Although covered by mostly bare rock and dust, Mars boasts a wide variety of terrain and geographic features, including plains, mountains, basins, dry lake beds, cliffs, craters, valleys, and volcanoes. In fact, Mars boasts the highest mountain and deepest canyon system in the solar system. Olympus Mons is 17 miles high, nearly three times the height of Mount Everest, and is also one of the largest volcanoes in the solar system, running around 370 miles in diameter. On the flip side, the Valles Marineris system of valleys goes nearly six miles deep and runs east to west for nearly 2,500 miles. That's the same distance as going between San Diego and Philadelphia. Because of its tilting axis, Mars also has seasons and glaciers at its poles. So, don't forget your hiking boots, and definitely bring your jacket too. Compared to Earth, temperatures can get a bit uncomfortable, as Mars is further away from the sun and has a rather thin, mostly carbon dioxide-based atmosphere. The average surface temperature of Mars is minus 81 degrees, but can range from around minus 200 degrees at night at the poles up to a pleasant 70 degrees at the equator during a summer day. So, all in all, Mars would be an intriguing outdoor experience. You're going to get a little cold, and you're going to get dusty, and your clothes and especially shoes are going to have red dust stains all over them. But otherwise, you're in for some pretty amazing scenery as you hike and climb some of the biggest and most extreme landscape features on this side of the Milky Way's Orion Arm. For the sake of our solar system walkabout, it's impossible to picture walking on the gas or ice giants such as Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, or Neptune, as these terrifying and beautiful planets have no solid rocky surface, but rather are swirling balls of hydrogen, helium, methane, ammonia, and ice. Lightning-filled clouds and storms rage on these huge balls of gas, with wind currents topping speeds of nearly 400 miles per hour on Jupiter to supersonic speeds of 1,300 miles per hour on Neptune. Jupiter's infamous red spot is a huge storm, the largest storm in the solar system, in fact, being 1.3 times the diameter of Earth. And it has been active for several centuries by this point. Approach any of these planets and you will be pulled into the swirling mass, endlessly sinking into the depths of the clouds and storms until you reach the planetary core which may actually be solid, but, more realistically, until your inevitable death from being crushed by the massive atmospheric pressure. Even if these planets were solid, they wouldn't be very fun to walk around on. Hypothetically, if you could stand on the surface of Jupiter, the most massive planet in our solar system, you would feel 2.4 times the gravitational pull as you do on Earth. So... If you weigh 100 pounds on Earth, you would tip the scales at 240 pounds on Jupiter. This would make it very difficult to jump or even move around very easily. Hey, since we're already in the neighborhood of Jupiter, let's check out its four largest moons from an impressive array of 79 confirmed moons and counting. First, we have Io. Interestingly, 
Io is the most volcanically active body in the solar system. This is due to the moon being squeezed and stretched by the overpowering gravitational pull of Jupiter while orbiting around it. The surface of this cozy little moon is chock full of lava lakes, floodplains of liquid rock, sulfur dioxide snowfields, and volcanic vents spurting plumes of sulfur up to 190 miles up into the air. Over 150 volcanoes have been mapped on Io's surface, some of which shoot lava 250 miles out into space. Io is known as the moon of fire and ice, as its average surface temperature hovers around negative 200 degrees Fahrenheit, but swells up to 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit at the site of the volcanoes. This strange moon is a mixed bag to be sure. When walking on the surface, be careful where you step and look up to avoid being hit by lava or raining sulfur. We recommend bringing a pair of sturdy boots and an umbrella at the very least. Jupiter's largest moon, Ganymede, is so large that it is bigger than even Mercury or Pluto. Its icy surface potentially holds a large salty ocean underneath, with the potential of sustaining potential life forms. Its surface is otherwise a bit of a mystery, but it is thought to mainly consist of water ice and rocky material. Scientists have observed dark regions of craters and lighter regions with grooves, ridges, and mysterious bumps, thought to be rock formations of some sort, on the surface. Ganymede is always cold, reaching up to the negative hundreds of degrees Fahrenheit during the day or night. So, while walking around on this moon, wear your heaviest winter coat, wear some shoes with good traction, and don't forget your fishing pole and pop-up ice hut. Some interstellar ice fishing in the oceans below the surface could yield some... exotic catches. You never know. Europa is another moon thought to be hiding a potentially huge ocean underneath its surface. In fact, it's speculated that Europa could hold twice as much water in its ocean as Earth. Europa's surface is one of the smoothest solid objects in the solar system, with no large geographical characteristics like craters or mountains. It's largely a frozen layer of ice and rock with some large cracks in the surface. Scientists also think they have spotted water plumes shooting out of the surface from time to time. It is also possible that Europa's surface has a bunch of 50-foot-tall icy spikes known as penitents. Similar to Jupiter's other moons, Europa has lethal radiation levels, equaling 5,400 MSV per day. This level of radiation would cause extreme illness or death after exposure of even one day. Europa's surface temperature never gets hotter than a balmy minus 260 degrees Fahrenheit, so it is extremely cold as well. Other than bringing a heat-insulated radiation suit, it may be time to dust off the old ice skates in the back of your closet, grab that hockey stick, and start a pickup game of hockey on this smooth planet. Or grab your fishing pole and ice hut from Ganymede and search for and claim your secret fishing hole. We'll consider this moon our interstellar winter paradise, minus the skink.
And the last moon of our jaunt through the Jupiter system is Callisto. Stand on the surface of this moon, and you are met with a quiet landscape of icy craters, the result of billions of years of asteroids and comets slamming into the icy surface. And, like Ganymede in Europa, Callisto may also harbor a subterranean ocean. Callisto's icy and rocky surface is considered the oldest, most heavily cratered in the solar system. Other than the craters, the surface of the moon is calm and you won't see any active volcanic or geological processes or activity like on other moons and planets. Just a cold, silent, old, cratered landscape. Well, after all the excitement experienced thus far in our earlier pit stops, you may want to take a moment to regroup, use the restroom, stretch your legs, and have a peaceful bite to eat on this interplanetary rest stop. We think we'll do just that ourselves. Join us in two weeks as we finish our field trip in space and check out the rest of the solar system. See you then. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Immortal Souls podcast. For more information, show notes, pictures, or just to say hi, check us out at immortalsoulspodcast.com, Instagram, or Twitter. Original theme music by Scott Spriggs. Five-star reviews are always helpful and hugely appreciated. Until next time, keep walking the roads less traveled. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. 